This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Broadway Voice Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 69. And the New York Rangers fell in Game 4 to the Tampa Bay Lightning, so the series is now tied 2-2. I think it's time to press the panic button. I know I, and I'll get into this with Andy, I was ready for the series being tied 2-2 prior to going into Tampa. Mentally, I was there um they built my hope up in game three with a two nothing lead but once they blew that you knew tampa was going to take game four i do think that there needs to be something fresh and new like uh going back to new york uh maybe some changes in the lineup with all the injuries we'll get into all of that but i got first i gotta ask andy how are you doing my friend i'm doing all right much like you i fully expected this to be uh, tied two to a piece by the time we reached back, went to back, back to Mass Square Garden for game five. Uh, I think where my concern comes in is not so much the losses because they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, this Rangers team has been nothing if not up and down throughout this postseason, but they've their superpower has been when their back has been against the wall when they need it most uh, coming through. Yeah, so I didn't think playing with the lead was going to be uh, something they could uh, carry out. But I think for me, the most concern is the injuries starting to pile up. Uh, Ryan Strom obviously did not play the last game. He went out for warmups and was wincing and couldn't really, you know. And then uh, Philip Heedle left the game with uh, after getting crunched on the boards by Hedman. And yet, you know, we still have Gallant saying, oh, both of those guys will be good to play and but we and we also know that you know Panarin is clearly hurt because he's just been same old you know it's really struggling uh despite getting his uh <laughs> you know his wide open net goal um and and we know Goudreau's hurt and honestly that's just the guys we know about we know everyone's hurt but to have obvious holes in your lineup like that it's it's a lot to overcome especially if if at some point the Lightning are going to get Braden Point back you know so um yeah, uh, again, if you had told me at the beginning of the series, it's like the Rangers are going to win the first two and then Tampa's going to win the, the second two, would you? Would I be panicked? I'm like, no, not really. I'm like, yeah, they're defending Stanley Cup champs. You know, that's the beauty of the Rangers at least having home ice in the series. Hopefully they can make work to their advantage. But the injuries concern me. So it will definitely hurt their uh, ability to potentially win. They got to win, you know, two out of, you know, two out of three with... Uh, home ice advantage but you know tampa is more than capable about winning on the road they're battle tested they're hard and they're steeled it doesn't matter how many guys they have out of there and they just they play a good system and they've made good adjustments which have really made it a slog for the rangers and um they got to their gate game a little too late i thought they were better in game three and then in just their last game they just took too long to get to their game and be dangerous you know so uh but you know it's not a it's not a blowout it doesn't feel like colorado where it's just clearly outmatch it's just more about uh yeah just not making the right adjustments at times and you know that just careless with the puck and turnovers and fueling uh tampa's transition so but you know it it is what it is like i said i trying to remain positive they 
have uh, it's best two out of three and two of those games the Rangers have are at Madison Square Garden. So, you know, they, they still they have a good chance, but it's like I said, the injuries are what concern me the most. Yeah, injuries are key, uh, certainly with this team, especially down the middle, you know, losing Strom and now losing Heedle. And it's just, you know, where does the bleeding stop? And, you know, for the New York Rangers, for some reason, though, I don't see them losing because of injuries. I just see them losing because there's just a lack of effort there sometimes. And it's weird how, you know, Jackal and Hyde this team is. I mean, games one and two, full of energy, full of life. I know. Tampa, you know, was shaking the rust off. But, you know, if you go and fast forward to game four, let's just say game three, you throw it away, right? You got a two nothing lead. You know, Tampa takes advantage, takes advantage. Um, you know, they're playing in basically a, a game, their game seven. And, you know, the Rangers just fell to a better team. Game four, Tampa stunk. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. Tampa stunk too. Like they, they didn't really put a lot of pressure. They had some shots. They they just capitalized on the couple chances that they got. And the New York Rangers are just, they're putrid at times. And it, it, it's really concerning because it's not really the younger players. And, you know, it's not, it's not like, you know, they're running their, their bottom six, you know, forwards are, 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 you know, running this team into the ground. It, it's, it's the shakeups that have to happen on lines one and two to get this team motivated and going. It's just weird. Like the, did Kreider break his leg? Like, why is he just not skating? He gets taken off the first line. Just a very, I know, like, he wanted to juggle things up to maybe get the, the boys going. But, wow. I mean, you sit back and you just, you kind of wonder, like, where'd Kreider go? Like, where where'd you go mentally that you're just not here showing up at all in a very winnable game, even though the score was 4-1? I mean, let me read you the stat line, Andy. If I told you, that the New York Rangers would out shoot the Lightning and the Lightning would only get 31 shots on goal. They would basically split in faceoffs. The Lightning would go 0 for 3 on the power play. Um, the Rangers would out hit the Lightning and the Lightning would have uh, the giveaway advantage of 9 to 3, you know, meaning they, they gave the puck up nine times to the Rangers three. I, I feel like, would you take that stat line? compared to game three yeah yeah in a heartbeat you think that the rangers win that game i mean oh my god only 31 shots on goal you got to figure with igor save percentage they only gave up a couple like no the rangers just didn't do much they they had their chances they had some shots on net but you never felt like the rangers were gonna score and it's a shame that that that's where we are and you know i i know Andy, I know like this is all really negative and we should be maybe proud of where this team is. It just, it's a gut punch when you're this close and it's just like, eh, we didn't have it tonight. Maybe we'll get them next year. It's like, why can't we do it this year? Like we can beat Tampa. This is, this is insane. We just got to show up. I don't know, Andy, you, you talk to me here. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, they're, they're usually different camps of uh when it comes to the competitiveness of teams and I, th- I forget if it was how many podcasts ago but i we were discussing how long it had taken tampa to get to a cup final um 
in their tenure since Cooper had taken over. You know, they had they went there early and and um, went but lost pretty convincingly. I think to the, the Chicago Blackhawks. I think they only won one game. Um, and then it took them a while. You know, they missed the playoffs some seasons, and then they had some first round exits. And obviously, everyone remembers the sweep at, at the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But you know, I, so obviously, there's the whole you got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win type deal. Um, but how many teams then go to the Cup final and then fail to just for reasons you know beyond there a myriad of reasons fail to you know just go get that deep again for a while if at all you know so. You just never know. You have to make the most of any opportunity you have. Um, I think this Rangers team is capable. I, I mean, at the same time, though, we know that depth is clearly clearly an issue. Um, their bottom pairing, two bottom pairing defensemen, is Justin Braun, who has his moments, um, and then a although very game, still trying to figure things out, uh, Braden Schneider, you know, who is, 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 he struggled a lot in the postseason. You know, he's obviously had some bright moments, but overall, he's, I think he's really struggled and he, they get caved in whenever he's on the ice. The fourth line has been a mess <laughs> all postseason. They haven't, they haven't really done much for the Rangers. I, yes, whatever you want to say, I, I know we've spoken ad nauseum about all the good that Revo brings to this team in terms of the swagger and the hits and whatever, but they just, you know, you saw Tampa's fourth line chipping a goal against them. They've, you know, they've been on the ice for a lot of goals. This unfortunately for the Rangers during this run. So yeah, they're, they're clearly a little undermatched there in terms of most teams. And then just finally, just the X's and O's is just, it's the, they, this team only really looks dangerous when they're playing with confidence, but they don't have when things aren't going right. I don't think they have a, much of a system to rely on to help them get back to their game, or to, if they want to simplify, just to say, okay, instead of trying to do too much or just freelance, just whatever. You know, once I'm here, I know I can find my outlet here, and I know that there'll be a stick here waiting for me. At this and just a lot of turnovers. You know, where other teams aren't just going to turn the puck over where I feel like if the Rangers don't like their approach, they're like, I'm just going to flip it in and, and give them free possession. So that's the type of stuff that uh, hopefully they can figure out and change. But you don't know if that, if that just comes at the, however far the Rangers get, if they don't go all the way this year, you know, when they're Drury and his staff is and Galan are doing a postmortem on what happened, you know, there's obviously a lot of good for them to make it this far, but they can also say, well, what what really killed us? What could have made it easier? Well, how could we have stayed avoid, healthier and avoid playing so many games going to seven? You know, so and uh, listen, it starts with the fact that uh, and we saw it last night. You know, Vasilevsky is so good, but Tampa actually defends in front of him. And they did that last night. They did a horrible job in games one and two. Uh, and the Rangers, I would argue, did a, a horrible job in games three and four. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm this again. I got to interrupt. I'm not yeah. the Vasilevsky hater at all. You go to throw in a traffic. But the Rangers are throwing beach balls. Yeah, he didn't have to do much. He didn't which have is, to do anything. Which I is mean, what? But what a what a novel concept. You have one of the best goaltenders in the world. So why not instead of just say, ah, well, just you know, leave it, l- let him do everything. Say if we. As long as we keep some semblance of a structure and do our best, then we're more likely to win because even if they do beat us somehow, he can come up big. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the Rangers crazy. have taken that's the opposite. It's a crazy thing to expect. I know. I mean, what, I mean, giving up 50 shots, 50 plus shots, that can work also. You know, 
and having him, having your goalie bail you out, that also sometimes works. Well, I mean, that's that's almost in the Rangers' DNA at this point, yeah, you know, know, for better or for worse. I think, you know, their first thing was getting tougher. That's great. And I think they've done that. Although, you know, I thought they, that's one area. I thought they were got bullied a bit in the last game um, and they didn't have much pushback. Um, but, yeah, I think their next thing is saying, like, what do these, what are these, the, the last three teams, or, you know, or actually they were one of the last three teams. What, what do the last two teams have? And it's like, you know what? They, they defend and they regroup and they break up plays in the neutral zone. It just, they have to get better at that stuff and they don't just collapse. And, you know, again, Miller's only going to get better. It's so crazy to think that. Yeah, and he's been overwhelmingly good this playoffs, and he leads the Rangers, I think, a nice time, him and Fox, which makes sense. But they're still turnovers. And listen, Fox, as amazing as he is, sometimes his lack of foot speed and, and mobility means he has to he has to let guys go around him. And now the Rangers are defending because he's just for one of his many gifts, that's not one of them. And he just is forced to get whereas, you know, you look at a guy like Kale McCarr and He's knocking the puck off McDavid's stick with his skating because that's what he can do. So, you know, again, I'm not turning this a pissing contest. It's like Fox is still an amazing defenseman. But, you know, it's just stuff like that. So I think you will most likely in the coming years here see some hopefully see some overhauling to this defense group or at least just in terms of the type of structure and coaching they're getting. But um, but listen, I think. As it's easy to be neg- negative, but it, the series is tied two two. Rangers didn't get swept. They, I thought they blew Tampa's doors off in the first two games, or well, they blew their doors off in game one, and then the game two. Even though Tampa had a little pushback at times and was trying, the Rangers were for, fully in control. So we'll see if they and the home ice has been good for them. Um, they clearly are going to need it to get their confidence back here a little bit, but. Again, it, it. I do want to give Tampa some credit too. They are the defending Cup champions for a reason. They do have. They just can just go into that that mode where they're just. It's you know they've done this so many times throughout the years. It's just like clockwork for them. And this is like you know, yes, the Rangers can do it, but they they, they just don't have the reps, honestly. So, but they're you know I think they're they've definitely earned the right to for us not to give up on them and see, you know, what they do. Obviously we can panic if they, they lay an egg and they lose at home. And then, cause then they got to win, uh, two, one in the road and the one at MSG. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's the injuries are what concerns me the most. And I guess we'll see Gallant's being a little coy as he always is. He's like, Oh, I expect them to play. And then they don't play because they can't do any warmups. I don't know if he's just doing that to, not give Tampa bulletin board material or make sure his guys feel confident or what. I don't know why, but um, you know, he's just going to be like that. He's not going to, he's old school. So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, you're going home. The Rangers pl- usually play well there, even when they're, you know, if, if they don't start the game well and, uh, but yeah, Tampa's really adjusted to them. So they're going to have to figure out what they did wrong and just not do that as simple as it sounds. Yeah, and and honestly, I, you've touched on this before, Andy. Uh, you know, prior to um, you know the last spiel that you just had, you know that the Rangers really they don't make adjustments very well, and they don't have an answer when things are are not going well. The problem is, I I buy that to a certain extent, but there's another part of me that's like, well, throw a hit, 
Like, get involved in the play. Keep your legs moving. Don't overskate the puck. Like, stop on the puck. Be hard on the puck. You know, be tough to, you know, defend against. Be, you know, uh, you know, you know, make their corner, uh, their, their defense, you know, you know, turn, you know, get the puck in deep and then get on it. And, you know, there was one thing about the Rangers. Um, my friend Dave texted me and it just made me laugh because it's so true. The Rangers, I think his exact message to me was the Rangers lead the universe in flicking the puck up to the air. Like every single time the Rangers got the puck, I think probably 10 feet from the blue line, they just flicked the puck into the corner. But there's like never anybody like there to get it. Like you just felt like last game, there was just never any pressure. Like they flicked the puck. Like they wouldn't do a hard wrap and have somebody busting in on the weak side win that battle. No, they flicked the puck into the corner. Their D would get it, gather it, knowing that they're not going to get a hit. And they would have about, you know, five seconds to be able to make an outlet pass or, or skate it up. And, you know, the Rangers are just, they're going to have to show just a little bit more intensity. And, you know, I've, I've played in those games where you just feel like nothing is going right and you're, you're never going to, the best thing that you could do is, you know, give a hit, take a hit, get involved, you know, feel like you're a part of the game. And, you know, just work your tail off. And the problem is the Rangers and specifically, you know, you know, players up front. I Listen, Panarin, if you're hurt, I mean, that sucks. But listen, man, this is the playoffs. Like, there's really no excuses. No one cares. You don't get an extra, you know, series or an extra game because you have too many injuries. Like, it is what it is. Best of seven. And you got to show up every single game. And and it's it just it's frustrating to me seeing Tampa's effort. and. And the Rangers kind of, you know, keeping them at bay, and they just couldn't get anything going in the offensive zone. There was just no sustained pressure towards the net. You just never felt like guys weren't planting their ass in front of Vasilevsky and tipping pucks and screening them. Everything was a bloop, bloopy, bloopy shot on goal, and Vasilevsky, honestly, it was the toughest saves he probably had were the ones that were going, you know, 20 miles an hour at him because he was just like, is this... These bunch of peewees shooting on me, or is this an actual NHL team? It's just, just so frustrating. So, you know, I, I think every Ranger fan probably feels the same that we do, right? We, we let one slip away. You know, give Tampa Game Three. They came out lying. I mean, they threw everything on net. They went after Igor. You know, physically they went after Igor. Uh, they rattled the Rangers, and the Rangers just didn't respond in Game Four. It just felt like there was never anything there, and. And, you know, Andy, I, I wanted to touch on, too, you mentioned, you know, the fourth line has just been a little bit tougher for us uh, as of late, you know, with the lack of speed. And, you know, Reeves has taken a couple, you know, lazy man penalties, the hooking, trippings, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, do you, th- do you think that there will be a changeup going into, you know, game, four, uh, game five, knowing that there are a couple injuries? And, and there's one player in particular that I'm talking about. and. It's Dryden Hunt. I know, you know, Hunt is certainly not the answer to the New York Rangers' problems. But again, me and my buddies were discussing the point that, you know, listen, you played seven games in round one. You played seven games in round two. You're on game five of, you know, round three. How about throw in Hunt for a game just to get a pair of fresh legs who's excited to go? You know, I don't know. Like, I saw Rooney. He he seemed to have his legs. Maybe because he's a little bit fresher than everybody else. I don't know yeah. your thoughts. 
Yeah, I mean, I was hoping to see him instead of Rooney. I understand why, because they wanted the center. But I also saw Rooney. Rooney, Rooney absolutely, uh, you know, spinning in place on that first goal, looking the wrong way. Um, yeah, I just think the biggest thing is that with Cop, Andrew Cop is clearly hurt. Now Strom might be hurt or is hurt. We don't know if he didn't play last game. We don't know if he's going to play the next game. Um, he's wincing in warmups, and just now. The Panarin line, because you know Panarin's not going to retrieve the puck. You need someone who can get the puck, or at least maintain possession. So having some speed on on that, you know, on that top, if they do want to keep Cop and Panarin together, because obviously it was a whole big jumble at the end, and somehow again Capo Caco ends up getting like left out in the mix somehow. In- insane, but um, yeah, it's just very strange. It's like it's <laughs> it's it. Instead of like, all right, move Vitrano down and bring Lafreniere up, they move Kreider down. Although, listen, Kreider was played like dog shit too, so I understand. And and leave Vitrano up and then bring Lafreniere up. I'm like, no, like leave Kreider, move Vitrano down, you know, with that shot on the third line and bring Lafreniere, who can actually like, you know, maintain possession and make plays. And then maybe Mika could be the trigger guy. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I think most of the times when Gallant does these jumbles in games where he's trying to, he then usually just goes back. He's like, all right, guys, we did that, but we're going back to what, what's been working for us. Um, obviously, the biggest thing is, is Heedle out? Because if he's not there, then I think it doesn't make sense to try to recreate the kid line magic with Rooney in the middle, you know? Um, so I think if Heedle is hurt and cannot play the next game, which would absolutely suck, then you're... I don't know if it's just as simple as just putting Barkley Goodrow to center them. Um, as my cat is knocking over everything on this desk. Uh, yeah, then the maybe it's time. Three of our four centers are are down. Yeah, I know, which is sucks. <laughs> so, which is definitely makes it harder. But I mean, if that's the case, you try to find balance the best you can. Um, you have Cop and Panarin, and then honestly, I would put uh, I'd put Capo Caco with them. You know, put someone defensive and then move Lafreniere up, move Vitrano down so Vitrano can play with Goudreau and then like Dryden Hunt if he's going to come in. And then, um, yeah, then you still have Mott. Or you can move Mott up just because he's been one of the Rangers, maybe the best, most consistent Ranger True. in the playoffs so far. You know, points notwithstanding for Zibanejad and Co., but just in terms of his effort, you know? So... And then, yeah, you have the you know, Rooney Reeves uh, fourth line. So hopefully I'm hoping Heedle, one of Heedle or I mean, hopefully both. But I hope one of Philip Heedle and um, uh, Jesus, Ryan Strom are ready to go. And I'm obviously I don't you know, uh, we've heard Turk say it's a long shot that Blay will be return in the series and we don't know if that's true, although he's skating with a not with a with a regular jersey on not non-contact. Um, we don't know if that's just gamesmanship. They're like much like point might return if they need if if Tampa's about is a game away from getting eliminated or clinching, it's game seven, point's gonna find a way to play. Uh you have to wonder if they're like they're, Stamkos did. Yeah, the Rangers are doing the same thing with um Sammy Blay, you know. So I mean I, I would do it. I mean, you saw it was Stamkos, right? He scored the goal and then had to get off. Was it last year or two years ago? It was during one of their Stanley Cup runs. Stamkos was clearly hurt. I think it might have been the first one. And uh, he came out and scored that incredible goal. He only had like power play time, pretty much it. But um, yeah, hey, listen, I know we're, this is not a game seven, but it sure hell feels like it. 
And, you know, if you don't feel like it's game seven, then you probably feel like the season's already over. And, you know, for me, listen, 2-2, if you told me before the series we'd be 2-2 heading back to the garden with home west advantage, yeah, I'll fucking sign up for it. But that's not what I did. I, I lived through it, and I saw the potential that the Rangers had to, you know, really, you know, take advantage of, uh, you know, the, the first going up to nothing in the series. So it's just so frustrating. And, and, and you know, I, I do want to be positive on, on you know, couple positive thoughts in my head is that Tampa stunk at home in game four. They didn't really show me much, right? Igor had a bad game. You know he's going to bounce back. And I shouldn't even say a bad game. It just wasn't a great game, which is now the standard, I think, for Igor. It's like, oh, he had a normal goaltending night, so he played bad. It's like, no, that's probably the effort of, of a standard goalie in the NHL, not making incredible save after incredible save. Yeah. Literally the only save I think Igor maybe had a chance on was the Kucherov five hole breakaway. Right. Uh, you know, that's the worst player to have come come in on you on a breakaway though. But everything else was a rebound that was not picked up by his teammates. He makes the initial save on a shot and then no one is there to protect him again, which is I mean, the, the Rangers give up the most of it. Such that. a weird bounce. Well, that was the thing. There were the weird bounces all night. Rangers were shooting it in. It was like coming off the stanchions and literally shooting back out to two Tampa players on a two-on-one. It was just one of those kind of nights. Right, and I felt the vibe. You could just feel the vibe. You feel the vibe was not good. Yeah, and uh, it it just... I care so much about this team that it almost bothers me that it it bothers me so much. So, you know, this is me, you know, kind of talking myself back into right you know it, it's tough you know i i went through game seven in the first round i went seven games in the second round emotionally i'm almost like shot with this team right now and i need a jolt of energy you have to give me something you have to give me dryden hunt skating around like a goddamn maniac i just throw hits everywhere. i don't i don't even care anymore about you know not showing up who's showing up brighter gone like i don't care about any of that stuff anymore i just want effort if you have 12 forwards six defensemen and a goalie give an effort and you get blown out 15 nothing i'd rather that than lose you know three one with an empty netter and just be irrelevant the entire game that's where i'm at right now and they can control that there's no excuse for effort at this point especially in the eastern conference final. um the, the, you know another thing andy I, I i need to ask i need you to be real with me here at some point the magic will run out of this team that never quit, you know, backs up up against the wall. They always answer the call. Are we kind of seeing maybe that the the magic might be running out a little bit? Well, I sure hope not. Uh, Again, I think this team shows its magic more so in their, when their back is against the wall or when they need big things to happen, uh, not when we want it to happen. Uh, You know, I, and it's tough. You know, I just, again, I, I, if you would ask, it's because I, obviously I'm weighing, like most fans, I'm weighing my want for this team to go as far as possible. And the fact that they've already well exceeded my expectations and like, ha- you know, happily surprised at how deep they are. If you told me in the beginning of the year, uh, the Rangers were going to be one of the three teams remaining, you know, one team was going to the Stanley Cup final was decided and they would be duking it out with the Tampa and the ECF, I'd say you're, you're 
you know, I'll, I'll have what you're, you know, whatever you're smoking, give me some, you know, but here we are. (laughs) And if you then told me, yeah, the Rangers are going to win the first two games, I would say there's no, you're, you're lying to me. This is a, this is a, you know, this is a back to the future, like sports almanac type. You're lying to me, but I want to believe, and I think they have earned the right for us to at least believe in them because we've counted them out uh, already seven eight or eight times in this <laughs> postseason already. I don't know how many of these if you go back and listen to these podcasts we've had over the, the last month and a half. It's a lot of that is that this might be it. Well, here we go. They somehow survived, made it to game seven, but I can totally expect to come down and I can't believe they did it, you know. So I think they've earned us at least having faith in them uh, as hard as it is and as difficult as they make it and as mad, frustrating and maddening as it can be. And that's the thing. You Even if they do somehow survive, then they have to play Colorado. So, Which is fine. I'd rather them get smoked. I'm... I'm- Prepared mentally for them to get smoked eight nothing every single night against Colorado. The only problem is, and like, is it? Can I? But well, before you say anything, can I guess? Is it because they look? It looks winnable. Is that the biggest? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and it does. Yeah, my crazy. Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just want to make sure I'm not delusional. Because no, you're not. I I definitely see that this is winnable, and that's the frustrating part. If you know, if the Rangers just got outclassed by a better team. So be it, you know, I, you know, it would suck and I'd certainly be just as negative, but you know, I'd be negative in a different way. I, w- I wouldn't be negative with a spin of positive. I'd be almost positive with a spin of negative, if that makes any sense. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, what's the, what, what do the Rangers have going on right now? That, that's really keeping them in every, that's kept them in every series, kept them in every game has been a tremendous power play. What do you need to go on a power play? You need the other team to take the penalty. How do they do that? Well, that takes effort. Like the Rangers just flat out didn't work hard enough to get a power play last game. And, you know, that's just doing the dirty work in the corner. That's, you know, moving your feet along the boards when you have the puck because that's when the clutching, the grabbing, the the accidental trip, the accidental high stick when someone's trying to make a defensive play on you. So that stuff comes from effort. You know, you know, you're and if you're not working hard, you're not going to get any power plays. And it's just, it's so frustrating watching this team. You know, they went one for two on the power play. It, could you imagine if they had a couple shifts where they were just hemmed Tampa in their own zone? Tampa looked so slow at times that I felt like the Rangers could have taken advantage of, certainly on the power play. And, you know, as hurt as they are, as hurt as Panarin is, at the same time, it's like, well, if these guys have a little bit of time and space and don't have to play a you know a physical shift five on five, they're going to score goals. And you know if that's how the Rangers have to win these hockey games, then so be it. Um, but again, it all it all comes down to effort. And you know I I know in theory they are trying and they are skating hard, but there's just you know I, I think you said it earlier in the playoffs, Andy. They just some nights they have the juice and some nights they don't and you know, they need the juice. I, I need I need to see them with the juice tomorrow night. And if they get outclassed and beat by a better team, then so be it. But these losses cannot just be shooting ourselves in the foot. It just can't be. So um, that's where I am mentally. Going into game five, you know, and I'll ask you the same question, Andy. Going into game five, 
where am I mentally? Well, statistically speaking, the Rangers have played really well at home. So that I have that going for me. But I, I just don't feel confident with this group, with the amount of injuries now that just seem to be piling up. We are so putrid down the middle and laughable. Um, I, yeah, right now going into game five, I just, just, I just want them to work hard and, you know, score a couple goals that, that are on the five on five, you know, kind of shut the naysayers up a little bit and, you know, get the job done, you know, just try to get the job done. That's all I got. I just want to see the effort and if it's not there on the scoreboard. It's not there on the scoreboard. Just don't let the fans down in Madison square garden. Ticket prices are outrageous. These people deserve to see the very best from the New York Rangers. And, you know, frankly, so, you know, they owe it to each other to put forth the best effort they possibly can to steal game five at home and then make it a, you know, you know, they go down to Tampa, steal another, you know, just win one of the last two games if you can steal this game five at home. I don't know if I could have said it any better than that, James. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Thank you. And, and that's exactly what the New York Rangers have to do. So um, if I can get uh, someone in the Rangers equipment uh, training staff, their email, I will send them a clip of this. They'll, <laughs> hopefully they play for them, they'll listen to us, and they'll execute exactly what you said. Because, again, couldn't say it any better myself. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. You know, it's it's funny, you know, you look at the Rangers and we're still playing hockey while, you know, only three fan bases right now are, are you know, paying attention to, uh, uh, you know, their team. So, you know, with all the chaos going around the league right now, with the kind of a coaching carousel seems to be happening or getting ready to happen, um, you know, Andy, what are your thoughts of stuff going on around the league? Well, I mean, obviously, the, the, right now, the, there was a report. The first weird thing, that, not the first, but the most recent weird thing was obviously the Bruins suddenly firing Bruce Cassidy, which is strange because he I is agree. a very good coach. Um, they lost in seven to a good Carolina. So. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that's... They overachieved that, in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, they did. And I mean, here, I'll say this. Good coach, bad GM in Don Sweeney. Uh, if you look at the way that team is drafted over the last few years, outside of McAvoy and a few, you know, Carlo and I guess who's their goaltender now? Um, Swayman. Swayman, I guess, was a pick of theirs. Or, But it's just, you know, they haven't really done a good job either bringing in or drafting players you need 
to make up your lineup. Obviously, Lindgren was a good pick, but he's a Ranger now. You know? um, and listen, they were getting older, too, so it's harder to balance that act. I mean, it caught up to Chicago eventually, uh, you know, except the Bruins were actually, you could argue their core, um, they got to extend their core because as Bergeron was kind of in his mid to late 20s, they win a cup. And you had a young, you had a young uh, Brad Marchand, and you had got older guys. You had, uh, you know, David Savard and Chara, and and uh, you know those types of guys. And then they got to extend it because Marchand turned into one of the best wingers in the league, and they got David Pasternak, and obviously they had Tuka Rask for so long. Um, and then you know David Krejci, who's just losing him clearly hurt this season. Um, and now there's speaking of which there's rumors that David Posternock is unhappy and wants out. And if you, if they're going to trade David Posternock, you might as well just trade everyone, right? <laughs> like what's the point? Because we, we already know that Bergeron and Marchand and, and McAvoy are all having surgery and they're both, no, they're not going to be ready till November. They're going to for, forfeit the first month of hockey you play, you know? So at that, and it, now it's like, does that, do we know Bergeron's coming back for sure? Um, yeah, there's, like I said, there's rumor that Pasternak's unhappy, uh, something that he was like, he was upset that Krejci left because, uh, he's a, you know, a fellow Czech countryman and upset that, uh, he was close apparently with, um, uh, what's his name? Who's now on Tory Krug, who's now in St. Louis. And so, yeah, it's, so that's fascinating. And, and then obviously they fire the coach, which is just very weird. So. I don't know if it was like a, a came like Barry Trotz. It was maybe the, the player saying like, this guy rides our ass all the time. We need a new voice. We're sick of it, you know? So who knows? But yeah, it's just weird. There's a lot of good coaches available. Uh, but, you know, yet you have teams like the Devils being like, no, we're staying put with Lindy Ruff. You know, he, Lindy's the guy. And I was like, okay, like, so that's fine. Happy. Couldn't be happier with that. Yeah, me too. Um, and then if you look on, go to like, look at Vegas odds, like, it's wild out there because you, obviously you're like, well, I get to this. Yeah. Cause well, I mean, it's, it's fascinating because it's like, uh, Bar- Barry Trotz, who might be the best coach in the league is still available. Um, I think he's going to sign in Winnipeg, go home, but you know, he's like the Vegas odds for Detroit needs a new coach. And, uh, I believe right now the odds are the highest for their next coach to be, uh, my, my favorite player of the 90s, Sergei Fedorov who's been coaching in the KHL for the last bit. Uh, but last time I checked, uh, his number is not retired yet. And they had, there's some, there's been some, a uh, little bit of friction between him and the Illich family. Although I guess with my, uh, Mike Illich has passed away. So I, I wonder if they can, especially with his good buddy, Steve Eiserman as the GM. Now they can kind of mend that fence and then bring him in. You know what I mean? Um, so that would be interesting. The ultimate, you know, that's the definition definition of a hockey old boy, you know, old boys club hires be like, just get his old, uh, you know, his old teammate. How do, um, how do you think you do as a coach? Sergey? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I will say that. this. There's listen, and it's I think it depends because obviously there's this whole thing where there's like, oh, well, European NHL coaches, the game's different and they don't adjust and they play it work. What works out there won't work here. And I think there might be a semblance of truth to that. I mean, um, well, how do you feel about players that were uh, that caliber? It, I mean, it's extremely rare. I mean, obviously, you know, Marty, Marty St. Louis, you know, you see him getting the job in Montreal. I, I think it, I think it depends because I think 
Well, I think there's a difference, though, because I think there are players that are just natural. Wayne Gretzky was not a good coach because he didn't have to. He innately knew how to do things. Marty St. Louis, uh, being undersized, had to work twice as hard and to, had to understand and was constantly talking to his coaches and picking their brains and working on situations. Um, I think by now everyone's seen that 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 clip of Marty explaining how to do call tell Cole, Cole Caulfield to open up a shooting lane for himself with like a you know plant your foot almost like drive the inside of the ice on the line uh and then you know stop and then bring it out wide and then fire and I think someone after that found a clip of Marty doing that in his playing career and like put it all together as like a a three-way clip of it's like showing him how to do it him Marty St. Louis doing it when he was in the league and then uh Colt Caulfield doing it and score and all three you know just scoring a goal and it's really awesome but I think that's why guys like that you know so I do think there are some guys that were upper that were upper tier players you know it's I think it's why they say oh the you know usually the the grinders and the tougher guys the ones that had to like really understand systems the muckrakers or talk to the coach with that's how they had success. And that's why they're good coaches because they like understand the system. They didn't, they weren't really given the, the same license that maybe some of the superstars were, but yeah, there are also guys that just have a, na- a knack for that stuff and have an understanding, um, you know, despite also being very good players. So I think Marty's in that category. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I know as much success as Sergei Fedorov has had in the KHL, it's like, is there salary cap implications there we're not aware of? Or, um, you know, like I said, it's the ice surface. Although there are NHL size ranks, the game is played a little bit differently and some strategies might not be as effective. Is But that's the same thing. He played in the NHL. So is can he make those adjustments maybe better than another coach could? You know, Ricard Gromberg, uh, Sweden's, you know, national team coach, has, despite all of his success, has never been given it a shot to coach head coach an NHL team, which seems like a crime. But yeah, I think, I think he could be a good coach, but again, I don't, I don't, do I know for sure? Absolutely not. I don't, but but you don't know that of anything. And then Vegas odds are saying like for the Bruins now that they're going to go young, or there was a rumor that they were going to go young. So I think David Quinn had really high odds. Um, was a Nate Lehman. Who's was he? Providence college. Nate Lehman, um, was up there, which would make sense. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't know if uh, Quentinville will try to get reinstated after being dismissed from Florida. Uh, is Andrew Burnett's job in Florida safe after winning the President's Trophy and then just kind of getting swept in the second round and almost losing in the first round to the you know the Washington Capitals, who aren't very good? Um, yeah, there's a weird amount of coaching vacancies right now. And there's a weird, there's a strange amount of good coaches. You know, does John Tortorella have yet another comeback tour? Does Mike Babcock have a, a image rehabilitation comeback tour? Um, yeah, I don't know. Does P- Pete DeBoer is, is now it did DeBoer got fired, right? I, In Vegas? Yeah, yes. He, yes, he did. Yeah. So what's going on there? Is the team going to hire Pete DeBoer? Uh, we know Paul Maurice in Winnipeg had quit earlier in the year. So what's going on there? You know, um, so I don't know. Yeah, do do people think Kyle Davidson in Chicago was it Kyle Davidson in Chicago? Who was our coach this year? Is uh, that his name? Um, God, I should know this because I'm friends with 
Um, the young guy. Yeah, I, well, I'm looking it up right now. It's, okay. It's gonna drive me Sorry, there's, I can't even remember all, the, all these guys' names anymore. But my, my point, notwithstanding, is that uh, Der- I know Derek King's their coach right now, but bef- who they had before Derek King and they hired. Um, regardless. Oh, Jeremy Carlton. Carlton, yeah. So who knows? Maybe people felt he got a raw deal. I think people felt that with, um, uh, what's his face, who's now the Ducks coach. Jesus Christ, I, I'm really batting a thousand today. This is great podcasting. You just brought up the Ducks. We're in the middle of the Eastern Conference final. I, I can't. I, you lost I know. Them. Dallas Eakins, excuse me. That, oh, my God. But no, touche. We're getting that. Yeah. There's no, no just chance I, in hell I would have gotten the Ducks. Yeah. You know, he years ago with Edmonton didn't maybe felt people felt he, he didn't get the time he needed and then was very successful in the AHL with the San Diego goals and then got brought up and is now I think he's doing a good job with a young and clearly flawed Ducks team. But yeah, there's a lot of good coaches out there. Uh, so I think I'm less interested in the teams that have a coaching vacancy and I'm more interested in the teams that have coaches that maybe they, the fans know or outsiders know aren't right. Like the devils. Um, you know, I guess the flyers told Mike, yo, they're not gonna continue with him as they shouldn't. Um, but yeah, like does, does, like I said, does the Florida Panthers do, they say, you know what? Screw it. We, we got embarrassed. Despite being, you know, our window is now this team should be absolutely a juggernaut. And yet we just got embarrassed. We barely got by um, the Washington Capitals. And then we got embarrassed by uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Like they swept us. It wasn't even easy. The New York Rangers have played more competitive hockey against them than us. You know what I mean? The the problem is, though, the, the problem is Tampa could have fired, you know, Cooper after you know, the blue jackets. That is very true though. That is true. That's a good, like, that's a good I, point. I also think, you know, if you think you have your guy and you don't show up to play in a series or in the playoff, you know, maybe, it's, you know, maybe it's a bit of an overreaction to let that, that coach go. I mean, it, it just, I don't know. I, I look at some of these teams and, you know, listen, the NHL playoffs are so tough. It's tough to win a series. It's tough to, you know, advance. And, you know, you know, you look at the New York Rangers. I don't think we very rarely ever mention Gallant because, you know, we know that the Rangers are the ones going out there and playing. And at the same time, that's happening across the league. Like the players got to bear some of the responsibility unless there's a clear disconnect, which, you know, I, I could, can't imagine that there was you know, ill will between the players and coaching down in Florida or no, probably not, you know, you know, I could, I could see that happening in Vegas, you know, with them struggling and kind of always being in the outside looking in uh, for that playoff picture. But, you know, certain organizations maybe want to just pump the brakes before blowing it up the whole, you know, blowing up the whole coach staff and, you know, you know, bringing in a whole new system, bringing in a whole new, you know, you know, essentially, you know, got a whole new system and and coaching staff and just a whole new culture, you know, essentially, you know, there's, yeah, you gotta be able to build, you know, for a team like the devils. Yeah. It probably makes sense to get a new coach, you know, but for a team and, and, and the devils, I think they're at a point where they're looking for an in-between coach, you know, a coach, you know, that's going to take them to the next level, but probably not be the ones that are going to, 
take them on deep playoff runs and stuff like that. Like the Rangers clearly, you know, Quinn was there to chew up a couple of years. Gallant's there to, you know, hopefully take them across the finish line. Yeah. Like you said, that's uh, well said. And uh, yeah, again, I guess every team, like you, you mentioned, every team situation is a little different. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. And I was listening to, um, I forget if it was, I think it was Puck Soup earlier today while I was cooking dinner. And uh, they were talking about how, you know, with, with the news out of Boston, I mean, all of a sudden that's a team in the Atlantic division that's just saying, you know what? We're punting. <laughs> we're even if they're not blowing it all up, there's clearly a lot of restructuring that's about to go on and they have guys that are hurt. That's potentially a, an extra spot in this division up for grabs for a team like the Senators or the Red Wings or the Sabres that have been Cuz honestly, of those 3 James, who do you think is makes the playoffs first? Between the Senators, the Sabres and the Red Wings? I mean, honestly, I, I have to say the Red Wings. Um, I just feel like they have a, a few more key pieces. They have some veteran presence, and I feel like they're going to be open to making a few additions during the offseason. But the thing is, though, if you told me Sergei Fedorov's coach, <laughs> I don't totally buy him being a head coach. I, I And, like, nothing against the guy. I just feel like, there's no pedigree there in the NHL. So it's a rookie head coach with a bunch of rookies, you know, I'm having flashbacks to Quinn. So, you know, I, I don't know. I obviously Quinn and Sergei Fedorov are two completely different animals, but you know what I'm saying in terms of being behind yeah. a, a professional NHL bench, you know, I, I do think that there's, you know, a, a sense of responsibility on the organization to put in a coach that has had, you know, I don't buy the whole let's grow together, right, coaching and players. So if you have a bunch of rookies that are clearly your future of this hockey team, I, I think you want a, a veteran NHL coach to kind of teach these guys what it means to be an NHL player. It's not just about the X's and O's all the time with some of these guys. It's about, you know, how you carry yourself, you know, you know as a, a young man, you know, earning millions of dollars and being in the spotlight and, you know, acting like an adult when you're clearly a kid and you know there's there's certain aspects to the you know just coaching a hockey team that I think are often overlooked and a team like the Detroit Red Wings it's kind of hard to take them a little bit serious with a, a coach like Sergey Fedorov and listen he could be great I, and I hope he is great I mean like you said I mean geez and Sergey Fedorov was our childhood so uh yeah I wish nothing nothing but the best if he gets the job but um yeah, I just don't trust Ottawa. Ottawa to me is like almost like the New York Jets of, of hockey. And uh you know, I I think Buffalo's could be, you know, right there too. I think they're probably number 2 right just right behind the Red. And how would you how do you feel? Yeah, teams? no, I like I said, I feel similarly. Um Buffalo actually finished ahead of Detroit because they were stronger uh down the stretch. And yeah, they had some big. Uh, Darlene took a finally took a big step forward, and Tage Thompson broke out a little bit. And they have yeah, a lot of good young players there. Jack Quinn was one of the best uh, players in the AHL this year, and you know he's going to come up soon. And uh, it's weird. It just ever since the second Eichel was fine that that was finally over. It's like there was a, a sigh of relief, right? 
And yeah, they they like seem to really like Renato and he has them playing well. I remember when the Rangers played, you know, Buffalo, they were they were a tough out this year. Um even Kyle Ocposo, who's been in the league forever, it seems like, was looked like he had five, you know, ten years taken off of his legs playing with his team, and he assumed more of a leadership role. And yeah, I mean, it is hard to say though, because I could also see all of a sudden like Ottawa taking under DJ King taking like a tremendous leap that you didn't expect. Uh and yeah, who knows? I mean, Detroit already has you know has more cider as their uh, you know they're they're number one D, so they're pretty set. He's gonna be he was a beast last year. He's gonna be a beast again. Lucas Raymond's only gonna be better. Um, can is this a new normal for Dylan Larkin, or was it like a hot hot year for him? Does he kind of regress a little bit? Does Bertuzzi regress a bit? Uh, is that relationship frayed? Is he gonna get traded? I don't know. You know how else is can Steve Eiserman deal with the fact that he's got. I think Mark Stahl's got another year there, right? Um, you know, he's got some he's got some filler bodies in that lineup still. Is that going to hamper them? I don't know, you know? Yeah, so we we're planning on them taking a Truba contract. Yeah. So <laughs> it is it's tough. It's it's tough to say which who's going to break out first because they all have pieces that you like. Um I think you know, but I would say yeah, they all have number one defensemen in Shabbat, Darlene, and, and uh, Cider. You know, in terms of young impact forwards, Detroit, you know, they have some good, they still have some good dra- uh, players they drafted who haven't come over yet. Um, and obviously they have Raymond and Larkin is still young, believe it or not. Um, but then, yeah, Ottawa's got a ton of them too. And Brady Kachuk hasn't really had a, you know, as good as he's been at times, he hasn't had a breakout, breakout year, which could definitely come. Um, and yeah, and then the Buffalo, same thing, Tage Thompson, maybe Casey Middlestat finally becomes like a pretty good second line, um, you know, scoring, you know, player. Uh, I wouldn't even count out Montreal either with all the picks that they're accumulating and stuff yeah. like that. And maybe not next season, but no season afterwards. Yeah. You know, clearly Caulfield can under St. Louis anyway, could put the score from anywhere and they still have Suzuki. Who's very good. And, um, yeah, they still, like you said, Gorton's did Gorton laid the good frameworks for t- two teams, you know, for the Bruins and now for the Rangers before moving on. So I don't doubt he'll do a good job playing. And that's why it'll be interesting to see if there's any players that he drafted that New York is looking to get rid of that he will trade for. You know, is Kraftsoff destined to be a Montreal Canadian? I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, and Canadians are all going to also be adding, you know, Shane Wright. Uh, another center that's true that this team. is this is true but again next year is the year you want to be bad though because uh connor bedard baby and matt vamichkov so two teams are going to be very 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 happy do so. they have a saying for that one yet uh you know wrong for right um well for bedard for i i've heard some that i won't repeat because i think they are uh a little sophomoric you know but you can you can put your your thinking caps on and figure out. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I have I not, nothing like nothing like uh, wrong for right. Um, you know, lose for Hughes, lose for Hughes. Uh, sour for power was what, one. Was Lafreniere? What did Lafreniere have? Uh, I heard one that said Derriere for Lafreniere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but for Lafreniere, which is funny. Um, 
uh, uh, Dishonor for Connor, obviously everyone remembers was a great yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lose for Matthews was also one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any more. Cause who else? Uh, actually, I, I remember, you know, be bad for Blad was one when he was taken before Connor, okay. the, the, the draft of the year before. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll, we'll talk if I, if now I'll mention on the next podcast, if I figure out there's a, but that's the thing, man, because you know me, I'm usually so hooked into the draft prospects this year. Not like, you know, I obviously know about some of the tertiary guys, but it's just I haven't been close like with the Rangers being competitive and also them not really dealing in that market anymore where they're getting rid of their, their first round picks and stuff. It's like I haven't really had to. So it's been nice in that in that sense, although I do obviously uh, miss being up more on some of the prospects and, you know. It was cool when it's like, oh, the Rangers could have this guy, they could have this guy, this guy. But uh, I'll I'll take playing playoff hockey uh, well into uh, into June over that any day. Absolutely, and I have one last question for sure. you, Andy. Um, while we're talking, kind of a little bit about this, and yeah. I know it's a little too soon to be talking about the off season, okay. but um, you know, listening to NHL XM, they were actually talking about the Seattle Kraken a little bit and how you know they're almost a team where you know they're going to be listening for offers for pretty much anybody i don't think any well didn't didn't they also didn't isn't colin is colin dreger their goaltender who he has to have surgery now is that yes 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 yes. so you know i know there's a couple players you know with seattle that the rangers you know could be possibly interested in do you see that as a possibility in the future to add a um Oh, I forget his name, of course. I just had it in my head two seconds. Yanni ago. Gord. Yanni Gord, my man. I mean, I would love to have Yanni Gord on this team. I think his speed and the tenacity is what the Rangers definitely need to, uh, you know, I'll just flat out say it, become more like Tampa Bay, you know, just or just more like a traditional balanced playoff team because as much skill as they have, I think they're a little top. You need you need your Palats, who are, who's the blue-collar guy who can or as, as uh, they kept mentioning on the ESPN broadcast, we shoved about it is that Palat's a blue collar guy that can play with white collar players. Uh, yes. Who is that guy for the Rangers? They don't really have it, you know, and you know, they have a lot of guys, but they're just, sometimes they're thinking too much what I'm going to do with the puck when I get it and not much. I got to go get this fucking puck, you know? Right. And when the Rangers are playing well, their players are adopting more of that mindset, but, more often than not, especially the last game, you know, Panarin's always thinking, what am I going to do when I get the puck? Vitrano, when he feels like it, is like, I'm going to get that puck, but then other times he's not. And same thing with Cryer's advantage. Yeah. So the, the Rangers need more defined role players. You know, Kako's not that guy. Lafreniere tries to be that guy. He's not the fleetest of foot, though. And again, he's so skilled. You don't want him to be that guy. But you, that, if like you're going to do that, you need, that you need, you need, you want... You want uh, guys who have a clearly defined role and a, like a Palat type or a Yanni Gord. So, um, so yeah, maybe Yanni Gord. Uh, it would cost a lot, but luckily the Rangers have uh, some pretty tantalizing picks, you know. Yeah. So and prospects. Uh, yeah. So sorry about the prospect talk. No, you know, I, the off season talk. Always love it. Well, you know, I feel like we do owe it to people that are listening to the podcast to, to not. <laughs> act like we're giving up on this team. There I'm not. I'm just tomorrow, Andy, or it's going to be tonight. 
And, you know, may, maybe, all right, to end the podcast, because we're coming up on an hour here, I, I, I need you to, you know, to, to get the listeners going, you know, make them feel warm and, and, and fuzzy inside. Like you help, you help me pretty much every day. All right. Well, uh, here we are. Game five. The series is tied to a piece. The Rangers going back home where they've uh, been very comfortable. They have not lost. And they only lost once. And it was triple. It took to triple OT in game one for them to lose at home. Uh, they, it's a safe haven for them, a place where they can get back to doing where, what they feel the most comfortable and playing their game. I know I was saying I was concerned about injuries, but I was concerned about uh, Pete Alonso and Starlet Marte. And it uh, looks like both got very lucky there. Uh, both of their MRIs were good. I think Pete, it's no, no, nothing breaks or anything, just uh, swelling. And he feels good today. And he should, he's just day to day, which is amazing. And I think Marte, same thing. He's just not as bad as initially thought. Both are feeling good. So, uh, yeah, even when you think the sky is falling, that doesn't mean it's so. So, a little positivity here. Like I said, the, the, the boys have earned it. And uh, yeah, let yourself be excited. It's, it's the Eastern Conference final, and it's not over yet. So, you know, let's go Rangers. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.